The Gospel reading for this morning is from John's Gospel, beginning in the 6th chapter at the 24th verse. Actually, I'm going to back it up just a little bit. John wrote these things. The next day, the crowd that was left behind realized that there had been only one boat and that Jesus had not gotten into it with his disciples. They had seen them go off without him. And by now, boats from Tiberias had pulled up near where they had eaten the bread blessed by the master. So when the crowd realized he was gone and wasn't coming back, they piled into the Tiberias boats and headed for Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him back across the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, you've come looking for me not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you, filled your stomachs, and for free. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. And to that they said, well, what do we do then to get in on God's works? And Jesus said, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent. That kind of a commitment gets you in on God's works. And they waffled. Why don't you give us a clue about who you are? Just a hint of what's going on. When we see what's up, we'll commit ourselves. Show us what you can do. Moses fed our ancestors with bread in the desert. As it says so in the scriptures, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus responded, the real significance of that scripture is not that Moses gave you bread from heaven, but that my Father is right now offering you bread from heaven, the real bread. The bread of God came down out of heaven and is giving life to the world. They jumped at that, Master, give us this bread now and forever. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more ever. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Well, Lord, sometimes the pages won't turn in our book of dreams. And we are left clinging to a life we never lived, just wanted to. Stuck in the stark reality of unlived dreams, we sniffle and tread water. Or we go in search of the Holy One, who will wipe the tears from our eyes and offer to us the only dream that lives. So open our ears and our hearts and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Far away in a lonely desert stands a water pump in the sand. And you are a solitary traveler, and your canteen is empty, and you come upon that pump. And tied to it is a handwritten sign put there by some pilgrim, and the sign reads like this, I have buried a bottle of water to prime the pump. Don't drink any of it. Pour in half of it to wet the leather. Wait, and then pour in the rest, and then pump. 
The well has never gone dry, but the pump must be primed to bring the water up. Have faith and believe. And when you are through drawing water, fill the bottle and bury it in the sand for the next travel. Having come upon this pump in the desert with this sign, and being out of water, I ask you this morning, what would you do? Do you dig the water bottle from the sand and drink from it? Or will you believe and believing dare to pour that water, trust to pour that water into the pump, every last drop of it down into the trusty old pump? Because you trust, you take a risk, both for yourself and for the next traveler who will pass that way. What would you do? You know, I think that story poses an interesting question for all of us. Do we believe and trust in that written message by the water pump? Or do we only worry about our own thirst and drink from the bottle knowing that the water will give us enough strength to go on? I ask you this morning, what would you do? The words of our story for today, I think, are about priming the pump. In many ways, they are words of salvation in the middle of the desert of life. They're a source of life, life that will never be used up. But do we believe these words and the one who spoke them? Or will we try our own way? When the crowd approaches Jesus, he immediately confronts them with their motives. They're looking for an easy handout. You've come looking for me not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you, I filled your stomachs, and for free. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. And in the next exchange, the crowd asks for another sign from Jesus, a sign that will confirm his identity, still traveling on their stomachs. The crowd suggests that Jesus do something like Moses had done in the wilderness, give them manna to eat. Remember this manna, which literally means, what is it? It was bread given from heaven on a daily basis. So I think we rightly need to ask, what is it about bread? You know, most doctors and psychologists who study eating disorders, both overeating and undereating, agree that people tend to use food as a way to control other uncontrollable factors in their lives. Feeling unloved and rejected? Well, you might not be able to have a good relationship, but you can sure have a good steak. Feeling that life is careening out of control all around you? You might not be able to stop the world, but you can stop eating and slow your body down. We eat to forget. We eat to remember. We eat to feel comforted. We eat to feel stuffed. We eat to be sociable. We eat to be empowered. But we also eat to survive. No matter how sophisticated, how technologically advanced, intellectually gifted, or artistically inclined, we may or may not be, all human beings, all living creatures must eat to survive. 
We must take in nourishment of the right kind in order to keep our bodies healthy, functioning, and able to maintain life. It is the same for our souls. And perhaps that's why of all the images and metaphors Jesus uses to speak of himself, his mission, and his sacrifice, the two most universally accessible and meaningful, I think, are bread and water. Today, just as they did 2,000 years ago, Jesus as the bread of life and as living water suggests to our hungry, thirsty bodies and souls that in the bread and water he provides is the basic sustenance for life. Bread and water is the universal soul food for Christians. What overweight Americans are looking for in their Big Mac burgers, their Haagen-Dazs sundaes, and their Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza is simply found in the bread of life and the living water of Jesus. So far away in a lonely desert stands a water pump in the sand. You're a solitary traveler and your canteen is empty and you come upon that pump. You read the instructions about priming the pump. What will you do? You are a traveler on the planet Earth. You come across a book with 66 other books in it. And as you read it, you can see that it can give you the assurance, the strength, and the conviction to live life to its fullest. But it also asks you to surrender yourself to someone else. To trust the gifts that this Jesus will give you. What do you do? Do you surrender? Or do you continue to try and rely on yourself? The choice is yours to make. God bless you all.